Hello and welcome to the PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast, where we discuss books, programs, and all things library related in Youngstown and Mahoning County. Welcome to our special Folktale Edition podcast. I'm Andrea. And I'm Sam. Today we're going to be reading and discussing folktales. Let's start by talking about what a folktale is. What's included in a folktale? Well, folktales were created to be read aloud, passing down old stories from generation to generation. And most folktales also teach a lesson in an entertaining way. They're meant to be read aloud, and many of them were only passed down verbally. Does that mean there are variations in the tales at times? Yes, folktales change as they are passed down from generation to generation and from country to country. For example, there are as many as 19 versions of the Cinderella story told around the world, including Vietnam, Islam, and the Caribbean. Wow, that's a lot of versions of Cinderella alone. I bet those are some interesting stories, but since most of us know that one, let's hear something some of us probably haven't heard. What's the first folktale we're going to hear today? The first tale is Mr. Miyaka. This is a cautionary tale. It was first told in Victorian times, where little Tommy Grimes has to rely on his wits to survive. This is from the book, English Folk and Fairy Tales, a collection of tales by Joseph Jacobs. I can't wait to hear it. Let's take a listen. Mr. Miyaka, an English folk tale. Tommy Grimes was sometimes a good boy and sometimes a bad boy. And when he was a bad boy, he was a very bad boy. Now his mother used to say to him, Tommy, Tommy, be a good boy and don't go out of the street or else Mr. Miyaka will take you. But still, when he was a bad boy, he would go out of the street. And one day, sure enough, he had scarcely got round the corner when Mr. Miyaka did catch him and popped him into a bag upside down and took him off to his house. When Mr. Miyaka got Tommy inside, he pulled him out of the bag and sat him down and felt his arms and legs. You're rather tough, says he, but you're all I've got for supper and you'll not taste bad boiled. But body and me, I forgot the herbs and it's bitter you'll taste without herbs. Sally, here I say Sally, and he called Mrs. Miyaka. So Mrs. Miyaka came out of another room and said, What do you want, my dear? Oh, there's a little boy for supper, said Mr. Miyaka, and I forgot the herbs. Mind him, will you, while I go for them? All right, my love, says Mrs. Miyaka, and off he goes. Then Tommy Grimes said to Mrs. Miyaka, Does Mr. Miyaka always have little boys for supper? Mostly, my dear, said Mrs. Miyaka if little boys are bad enough and get in his way. And you don't have anything else but boy meat? No pudding? asked Tommy. Ah, I loves pudding, says Mrs. Miyaka, but it's not often the likes of me gets pudding. Why, my mother is making a pudding this very day, said Tommy, and I am sure she would give you some if I ask her. Shall I run and get some? Well, that's a thoughtful boy, said Mrs. Miyaka. Only don't be long and be sure to be back for supper. So off Tommy pelted, and right glad he was to get off so cheap. And for many a long day, he was as good as good could be, and never went round the corner of the street. But he couldn't always be good, and one day he went round the corner. And as luck would have it, he hadn't scarcely got round it when Mr. Miyaka grabbed him up, popped him into his bag, and took him home. When he got Tommy there, Mr. Miyaka dropped him out. And when he saw him, he said, Ah, 
You're the youngster that served me and my missus such a shabby trick, leaving us without any supper. Well, you shan't do it again. I'll watch over you myself. Here, get under the sofa, and I'll sit on it and watch the pot boil for you. So poor Tommy Grimes had to creep under the sofa, and Mr. Miyaka sat on it and waited for the pot to boil. And they waited, and they waited, but still the pot didn't boil. Till at last Mr. Miyaka got tired of waiting, and he said, Here, you under there. I'm not going to wait any longer. Put out your leg, and I'll stop your giving us the slip. So Tommy put out a leg, and Mr. Miyaka got a chopper and chopped it off and pops it in the pot. Suddenly he calls out, Sally, my dear Sally, and nobody answered. So he went into the next room to look out for Mrs. Miyaka. And while he was there, Tommy crept out from under the sofa and ran out of the door, for it was a leg of the sofa that he had put out. So Tommy Grimes ran home, and he never went round the corner again till he was old enough to go alone. That was really interesting. I don't know if I could have outwitted Mr. Miyaka so easily. Do a lot of folktales have this type of lesson? Do they all end as well as this one did? Many of them do. Sometimes, though, they don't turn out so well. The Anansi tales, for example, are considered trickster tales because Anansi, the small spider, uses his intelligence and trickiness to outwit other creatures. Sometimes he is successful, and other times he is met with disaster, as in this story. These stories were told by elders to pass down knowledge and moral lessons to younger generations. I think we could all use a little more knowledge from our elders. Let's see what we can learn from this one. Anansi tries to steal all the wisdom in the world, a folktale from West Africa. Anansi the spider knew that he was not wise. He was a sly trickster who could use his wit to fool many different people, but he knew that he did not have much wisdom. Then one day he had a clever thought. If I can get all of the wisdom in the village and put it in a hollow gourd, he thought, I will be very wise indeed. In fact, I will be the wisest of all. So he found a hollow gourd and began to carry out his plan. He went from door to door to collect the village's wisdom. People chuckled at poor Anansi, for they knew that more than any other creature, he needed wisdom. So each person put a bit of wisdom in his gourd and wished him well. Soon the gourd was overflowing with wisdom and could hold no more. Now Anansi needed to find a place to store it. I am certainly the wisest person in the world, but if I don't find a good hiding place for my wisdom, I am sure to lose it. He looked around and spotted a very tall tree. Ah, Anansi said, I will hide my wisdom high in that tree. Then I will never have to worry about someone stealing it from me. Anansi set out to climb the towering tree with the heavy gourd tied to the front of his belly, where it would be safe. As he climbed, however, the gourd full of wisdom kept getting in the way. He tried and tried, but he could not climb very high. Just then, Anansi's youngest son walked by. What are you doing, father? asked the little spider. I am climbing this tree with my gourd full of wisdom, Anansi replied. But father, said the son, wouldn't it be much easier if you tied the gourd behind you instead of in front? Anansi sat there quietly for a very long time. Then he said, 
Shouldn't you be going home now? After his son left, Anansi moved the gourd so that it was behind him. Then he proceeded up the tree without a problem. When he reached the top, he cried out, I collected so much wisdom that I am the wisest person ever, and still my baby son is wiser than me. Here, take back your wisdom. He lifted the gourd high over his head and spilled its contents into the wind. The wisdom blew far and wide and settled across the land. And this is how wisdom came back to the world. I don't think Anansi was going to get very far by keeping the wisdom in the gourd. What lesson do you think he learned? What was the moral of this tale? The moral of this story is sharing. The townsfolk shared their wisdom with Anansi, and Anansi's son shared his sound advice. Eventually, Anansi learned that he could not keep wisdom to himself, and he must share his gift with the rest of the world. Sharing is definitely important lesson to learn. I think we all need to do a little more of that sometimes, especially when it helps others. What's another folktale theme? Many folktales include the number three, such as Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Rumpelstiltskin, and Snow White. Our next tale, The Three Wishes, also includes the magic number three, and there are many versions of the story of the Three Wishes throughout the world. The power of three. I can think of so many stories with that number. The name makes me think of Aladdin, but it's probably not that one, is it? No, while Aladdin does include three wishes, this three wishes has nothing to do with Aladdin. And not all the wishes go well for the characters. I wonder what could go wrong. Let's see what the wishes will be in this one. The Three Wishes. Long ago, a man and his wife lived peacefully at the edge of a great forest. All the year round, they worked together as woodcutters. Every morning at sunrise, they went into the forest, where they cut trees and branches into logs. At sunset, they carried them home. But no matter how hard or how long they worked, they often went hungry. Early one morning, as they were working in the forest, they heard a faint voice calling, Help! Help! Someone help me! The voice seemed to be coming from an old tree that had fallen nearby. The man and his wife ran to the tree. There on the ground lay a small imp, kicking his legs. His tail was caught under the fallen tree. Help! Help! The imp cried weakly. We'll help you gladly, the man and his wife said together. And they pushed and pushed till the tree rolled off. The imp sprang straight up into the air, joyfully twirling his tail. A hundred thanks for your kindness, he said. I have been lying here in misery ever since this tree fell. To thank you for saving me, I will give you three wishes. There are only three, so wish wisely, my friends, and goodbye. Then he flew up among the branches and disappeared. The man and his wife were delighted with their good luck. All that cold day, they were warmed by thoughts of the three wishes that would soon be theirs. We might wish for fine clothes and silver, thought the wife, or even a grand house with flower gardens and fruit trees. In the evening, as they trudged home, the man thought, we might wish for a donkey to carry this wood, or even a horse and cart to ride in. And his bundle of wood seemed to grow lighter. When they got home, the man and his wife settled down to talk about their wishes. 
We might wish for a great chest of jewels, said the wife. Or even a mountain of gold coins, said the man. We might wish never to go hungry again, said the wife. That's so, said the man. But just now I wish we had a pan of sausages for dinner. No sooner said than done. That very instant a pan of sausages appeared, sizzling and smoking on the fire. Oh, you fool, cried the wife. Look what you've done. How I wish those sausages were hanging from your nose. No sooner said than done. The sausages leaped from the pan and hung heavily from the man's nose. Oh, wife, see what you've done, he cried. Who's the fool now? The man and his wife tried every which way to get the sausages off. But pull and tug as they might, all their efforts were useless. The sausages remained hanging from the poor man's nose. Finally, too tired to move, the man and his wife slumped down before the fire. They thought with longing about their one last wish. Should it be the donkey to carry the wood, the horse and cart to ride in together, the grand house, the fine clothes and jewels, or the mountain of gold coins? Any one of these wishes could still be theirs. But what would be the good of it if the man must live his whole life with sausages hanging from his nose? So they joined hands, and with their one last wish, they wished the sausages off. No sooner said than done, the sausages were back in the pan, sizzling and smoking and smelling delicious. So the man and his wife sat down cheerfully to a fine dinner. Well, now, we've not done too badly, said the wife. That's so, the man agreed. Wow, I've never heard this one. It makes you think about what you say. We say, I wish so often that you wouldn't even think twice, but that didn't go so well. What do you think this tale teaches? The lesson of the three wishes is that, is that we should wish for nothing and be happy with what we have. That's a good lesson to learn. Even though they didn't end up with much, they still got a good dinner. It's important to be happy with the small things rather than wishing for too much. Exactly. There are other tales where similar lessons are learned. If you want to find more folk tales to read, there are print and ebooks that you can find by searching in the library catalog or on our website. If you're interested in researching about folk tales, you can look at some of the databases we have, including Gale eBooks, Salem Press, and Academic Search Premier. You can find all kinds of information about folk tales and how they came to be from these resources. That's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us for this special edition podcast. Thank you for joining us this month at PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast. And make sure to visit our website at www.libraryvisit.org, where you can always find more great things the library offers. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, please tell a friend. Also, check our Instagram feed or follow us on Facebook at Library Mahoning County or find us on Twitter or YouTube at PLYMC. And be sure to tune in next month for our next episode. And thanks for listening.